It is May 7th, 2018. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast, the post-backlash Raw. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Geary. Mr. Matt Morgan will be coming along here in a little bit. Raj, uh, you dodged a bullet last night, sir. Missing out on backlash. Yeah, what a what a travesty, huh? <laughs> oh, that was something else. So tonight, I feel like the WWE really had the, uh, the deck stacked against them to pull off a satisfying show. But right away, head first into Money in the Bank season, they announced tonight, top of the show, we're going to have two eight-person matches, one for the men, one for the women, four and four Raw and SmackDown. There's speculation based on the promos. Maybe we'll see something involving the tag teams along those lines, but that was not confirmed tonight. No, no. They yeah. All there is is there's three briefcases on the promotional poster for it ah. sent out. My guess is that, that would be a cruiserweight um, Money in the Bank match. Interesting. So if if there is a third, I mean, so far yeah. they've only do, done two, but I doubt they'd announce the third right, you know, this far out. Yeah. Um, so, Six yeah, I, I think a cruiserweight one would be awesome. Um, so I think we'll so. See. Yeah. So they announced at the top of the show, the qualifier, Ruby Riot versus Sasha Banks versus Ember Moon, and then Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn versus Finn Balor. But first, we got this promo with Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. Uh, Braun talking to Kurt Angle about money in the bank, wants to be involved in it, tells a touching story of his childhood, of kids excluding him while they built a treehouse, and then he tried to murder them by tearing down the treehouse with them in it. I thought that was quite touching. Yeah, I, I was a little nervous at first when... You know, when you start doing the the story time stuff like they were doing with Roman there for a little bit, uh, it could be hit or miss. And, you know, Strowman doing it, it could easily be a miss. But I, I thought it uh, it ended off fine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was uh, I think anytime you get one of those longer talking segments, it's just, oh, this is going to hit or this is going to just go to some uncomfortable places. Uh, you know, into that line when Kevin came out there and cut his promo about what was it? Braun needs to go be forced to sit in the corner like the bad monster that he is it was like oh man well you guys got one one thing to land with the writing tonight at least <laughs> yeah um yeah i mean braun is uh braun's a superstar what can you say yeah absolutely man Ma matt's yeah. having some uh technical issues so um i'll just keep going and i'm uh, yeah here. yeah before yeah. we get too far into this do we want to cover the news about chris jericho and ray mysterio at new japan dominion yeah yeah absolutely so yeah, yeah uh the dominion card uh some of the top matches have been announced so ray mysterio and chris jericho who were both at the greatest royal rumble just what, two weeks ago or was it a week ago time's kind of flying by it was a, like a week and change uh are going to be on the dominion card uh chris jericho is wrestling tatsui naito and ray mysterio uh to be determined so um yeah pretty pretty cool um and then you got Kenny Omega versus uh, Kazuchika Okada at uh, Dominion in a two out of three falls match. So, And what's the date on the show? And that is June, uh, da, 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 I want to say 9th. Yep, June 9th. Gotcha. So. so that pauses a little bit, the chance of either of them returning to the WWE. Yeah, I'm surprised they're loading. I'm not surprised they're loading Dominion, but they got the big show you know, at the Cow Palace coming up. I'm yeah. surprised they're not... Uh, they didn't save Jericho versus Naito for that. So I almost wonder, I almost wonder if Jericho has like a handshake agreement with WWE that, you know, the matches he does are all in Japan and not, uh, not here. Yeah. I, that's not confirmed. That's just my speculation, but because be. that, that match seems like it would make sense uh, for, for here. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting that Cow Palace show, everyone's talking about the slow ticket sales with it. I don't know what people were expecting. I mean, the Cow Palace, I live, you know, 45 minutes from there. That's a huge venue. And San Francisco has never been that hot for wrestling. I mean, the WWE comes here maybe twice a year, and usually one of those is a house show. Yeah, but the fact that they sold out, you know, um, Long Beach so quickly, um, you know, thousands of tickets within 15 minutes. But, you know, again, they're going back there pretty fast. Um, Long Beach is what, like six hours from San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, about six and a half. And uh, But also, though, WWE proving, again, the viability of the market. WWE, it feels like, is in Southern California three or four times a year. Yeah, but I think a lot of that has to do with um, that. And they're in the Bay Area a lot. I mean, they're in San Jose. Mm. Uh, they don't go to San Francisco much because I think just yeah. how old the Cow Palace is and just with configuration stuff with because that's an old arena. And so they'll usually go to uh, the Oracle. SAP Center and yeah. then Oracle in Oakland. Um, they've been doing Sacramento lately, but it's usually one TV per year that the Bay Area gets and then one house show yeah. per year, like on an off day. So I don't know. we will be interesting to see if the Cow Palace ticket sales pick up. Um, but yeah, Southern California is just such a hotter market, it seems like, yeah. than Northern California is. Even independent wrestling here isn't that big. There's a couple smaller promotions. There's Hood Slam but it's not like what I hear about or see in other parts of the country, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. California. I mean, San Francisco used to be a hotbed for, for pro yeah. wrestling and I lived there for 10 years and I, I don't remember them going to the cow palace once. I mean, they did stuff at the Oracle arena, but uh, yeah, not at the cow palace. Yeah. They did it one year and that was the year we had moved, we had moved back to Denver for a year. And that was the year they did the Eddie Guerrero defeating Brock Lesnar for the, for the title. Yeah. That was, had to have been their last event at the Cow Palace because yeah, I'm trying to I think, think so. it's been a long time. Uh, speaking of live events, I want to take this time thank the sponsor of this episode, which is SeatGeek. You've heard us talk about SeatGeek. Yeah, tongue tied here. SeatGeek. Now, I have the app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I could be anywhere and with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats. And it's funny, I actually used SeatGeek the other night. My wife said, Oh, Richard Marks is playing in Napa. And I was like, Richard Marks? right here waiting guy you want to go see that so i went on SeatGeek, found us tickets at the last minute found us an excellent deal we got tickets really close for a great price and i have to say raj this guy has more hit songs than you could possibly remember hey man i <laughs> i probably know i probably know right here waiting for you by heart if it came on i could probably sing along yeah, to it don't mean nothing he played hazard uh you know he was supposed to have that angelina song like all these ones where i was like i know that song i know that song and then all the songs he wrote for people and here's the funny part he's just sort of a regular dude even though he's married to daisy fuentes and now has all this money so he's telling jokes in between just talking to folks swears like you wouldn't believe and it's one of the most fun concerts that i've been to and how did i get my tickets seat geek made it happen SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. They save you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find you amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on the value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with SeatGeek and have full confidence. You can make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater plus professional wrestling, of course. And best of all, our listeners can get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code INC today. 
That's promo code INC for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Raj, I feel like since I've had this, I'm seeing more concerts, going to more live events. I'm getting better seats. SeatGeek is an amazing app, and I love having them as a sponsor of the podcast. Yeah, I've used them for Broncos tickets, for uh, for Bon Jovi a couple months ago, Guns N' Roses last summer. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll use them for someone current, but... <laughs> <laughs> It seems like we're going to all the '80s nostalgia bands, but uh, no. Have you been awesome. to a concert with with like a quote unquote current artist? Because uh, I have, and let me tell you, you feel like somebody's parents. I went to there. Lady Gaga. Remember that last yeah. year using SeatGeek. We use SeatGeek for that. So yeah. Yeah, we went and saw Katy Perry a few years ago. People were looking at my wife and I like, oh, and where are your kids? And we're like, right. nope, we're all fireworks, <laughs> and we're just here to enjoy the show. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so speaking of shows, where was the WWE running tonight? Were they still in New Jersey? Uh, where was it? Um, it was East Coast. Yeah, I, I want. Last night was Newark, right? So Newark, yeah. I think tonight would have been Albany or something. Um, yeah, same same general area. It seemed right. that a lot of people online that man, that's talk about great opportunities for live fans. Is just if you're in one of those multi-state, tri-state areas where everything's okay. just a two-hour drive away from each other. Yeah, Long Island. Long Island. Thanks, thanks guys. In there the you chat. go. Yes, that's right. Billy yeah, they, Joel. They, they pointed the out reference. Zack Ryder. When the fans yes. are chanting for Zack Ryder. They're like, hey, hey, wait a second. The reason why they're chanting for Zack Ryder is because he's from this area. Did he get a dark match or anything at least? I, I, I don't know. Let me. I can double check. But uh, I know there was a, a Authors of Pain dark match during the Bobby yeah. Lashley interview, which we'll which, get into. Oh, yes. That Bobby Lashley interview. <laughs> oh. Be careful what you wish for, folks. <laughs> yeah, when I was saying they should do video packages and interviews, that wasn't what I had in mind. Uh, did he say he ate laundry or his sisters ate laundry? Or uh, I believe that was the, the punchline of the story. Or I thought the bully, he was feeding somebody a, a towel, okay. a, a security towel. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. If you ever face a Samoa Joe, he can do a promo, but I don't make you eat that towel. There you go. Yeah. And <laughs> the seeds for it. <laughs> Oh, it was such a weird show tonight. Now, Backlash, the, let's talk just for a second about the Backlash to Backlash. Because online today, you had Meltzer saying, oh, my God, so many people were curious about this show that it like crashed our site. We saw a huge spike in people watching live last night, and we already saw a lot of people watching the video today. It seems like this was a hot pay-per-view for all the wrong reasons. You know what? I So... You know, I was traveling yesterday, which is why I can do the podcast. I got here. I missed the first couple of matches. So I missed uh, Nia Jax and Alexa Bliss. And I missed Miz versus Seth Rollins. So Backlash was even worse for me than most people because <laughs> I didn't get to see Seth Rollins versus The Miz, which was you know the best match of the night by far. But I didn't think it was terrible. Like some people are saying it's one of the worst pay-per-views of all time. I'm like, man, did you see like NWO sold out or some of those WCW <laughs> like Sin and these pay-per-views from back in the day, there have been some real stinkers. It was bad. Definitely the worst one this year. Um, I, you know, we, we talk about this all the time with uh, the match layout. And why would you do a match where Reigns has been getting all this hate and then have Samoa Joe put him in a nerve hold and rest holes for the first 20 minutes? And that's how you want to end, end the show, you know? And then AJ versus Nakamura, you had a nonsensical... Um, you had a nonsensical stip to begin yeah. with, with a no DQ. If the last match ended in a double DQ, then it would make sense. But the last match ended in double countout. They went to a double no DQ, which obviously they're leading towards either a, a false count anywhere or last man standing or maybe a, a cage match. But 
when you're doing that, put those matches on free TV and not on a pay-per-view where you don't have a finish. Yeah. So anyway, I thought it was a, a bad show. I thought uh, Samoa Joe versus Reigns just sucked. And, you know, people are saying, look, you know, fans were leaving for Reigns and, hey, they were leaving for Joe too. I think that match just sucked so bad that the show was so long at that point and, and just in- inconsequential that people were just checked out. I think it could have been anyone. You had that same match. It, it would have been the same result, except maybe not Daniel Bryan yet. But I think most people, yeah. it would have It sucked the life out. It sucked. Shouldn't have gone last. I mean, I know that the double count out would have been a terrible note to end a pay-per-view on, but uh Yeah, they could have done yeah. I mean, they booked themselves into a corner because they didn't want Styles or Nakamura to lose. You could have done a DQ. I still think having that match end in a DQ with maybe AJ low blowing Nakamura, but it was no they already had the no DQ step, so I guess you couldn't do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, they kind of booked themselves in a corner there. And it's weird, too. We talked about this with WrestleMania. I'm going to go back and watch that match last night, the Samojo roman match, because the WrestleMania match, if you watch it removed from WrestleMania, it's a pretty good match with Brock and Roman and the bleeding and everything that happened, the surprise Brock uh, retention of the title. I have a feeling it's just that when they put it in that slot, they better be putting on the match of Roman's career at this point to get people to go out on a high note. I mean, Roman could go. I mean, to to have a match be boring, have Samoa Joe be boring just to get fans booing Samoa Joe. Yeah, it's stupid. Um, yeah. All that does is it it makes for a boring match. I mean, that should be just uh, obvious. So, you know, at this point, we've said it. We've been saying it for years. Roman as a heel, and having you'd have a bunch of baby faces chasing him right now. It could be. It could really turn help turn things around. I feel like we're in that post-WrestleMania lull, and I think that would give a little spark. Having Reigns as a heel, have him win the title, Paul Heyman turn on Lesnar, go with Reigns, and then you got, got like Seth Rollins built in ready to come after him. And, and Strowman, if you want to do that, I have a feeling they want to keep Strowman away from the world title, but um, right, you could do that. Um, you know, you got tons of people. Given what happened tonight with Roman, it even makes it more mind-boggling that they had him win last night. And I pointed out, and Raj, I'm going to find ways to work this into the podcast for at least the foreseeable future, but I was making the comparison last night to our beloved Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. And in that movie, Daniel just gets the crap kicked out of him and is on a real losing streak. And then, you know, he musters what he has to, comes back, wins the big fight. He doesn't win a fight halfway through, then lose some more, and then go back to the triumphant victory. With Roman, Uh drive him down. Make him the underdog. Let him lose for by whatever means. I mean, even like tonight with that. So that way, when he does face Brock and beat Brock, we feel like, oh, he he really overcame something. See, I don't agree with that. I think there's already a bit like he's had a lot of wins sucked out of his sails since WrestleMania losing that match. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have just done more. I don't think they're trying to tell an underdog story here with Roman. I think the plans changed at the last minute with Lesnar. He signed, <laughs> you know, he re-signed and. They, you know, because the finish was supposed to be Reigns winning that match. The yeah. Saudi Arabia deal was kind of a last minute thing. They and they booked it so Raymond's kind of technically. Well, I don't. I guess they didn't book it that way. It was kind of an accident. But you know, Reigns technically won that match. So that's not the story they're trying to tell right now. Is that underdog story? And plus, you know, you're talking about Karate Kid. It's not like they had Bobby whipping Daniel Larusso in a one on one fight, and you know, all the different Cobra Kai's. It was, 
It was Although that would have been a pretty cool movie too. But that's the, what I'm saying though, is the <laughs> idea that you need to give someone real adversity. And with Roman, even the thing they were doing after Mania, oh, he's been screwed over. We're mixing real life and kayfabe a little bit. Like, let's really run with that for a while and then have him do the comeback spot. Tonight, even the way they ended that match with Jinder, set up perfectly a match for next week. The second chance Roman's going to get for money in the bank. I know we were making our predictions online. You were saying Finn, not Roman. I fully expect they're going to try and shoehorn Roman into money in the bank, have him win and use that to get him. You don't think so? No, no. So Jinder and, and Roman Reigns is actually uh, Roman's feud this uh, for the next few months. So it was supposed to be Samoa Joe. Now it's Jinder. So you oh, know how I was mentioning they don't have any good heels. They don't have any top heels on Raw. And this is showing like they're, they're pushing Jinder back into that spot quick after I think I don't know if they just realized that Samoa Joe's gone and they don't have anyone, but uh, yeah. So I, I bet you it's probably going to be Reigns and Jinder at Money in the Bank if they don't do Reigns and, and Brock. Ooh, they should have Jinder. Remember that Adam Rose promo that he cut towards the end where he came out and talked about all these great feuds everyone had on the main card? And I forget who his opponent was, but he said, and you're on main event wrestling me. Like Jinder should do that. Be like, you know, Finn and Seth and these guys. And hey, buddy, you got Jinder Mahal. Guess you drew the short straw. <laughs> it's uh. Yeah, I don't think that's going to help Reigns any. Yeah. I mean, they, the fans won't be – I don't think they'll be booing Jin, – I mean, cheering Jinder <laughs> over Reigns, but Jinder face those turn. matches, I don't see them being any good. That's a that's a really tough one. That's a really tough predicament to book him in. I mean, man, I, I mean, what do you do for audience at that point? It's like how do you how do you protest? Well, what, do, what else do you do? Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at the heel side. You know, last night when they walked out, I pointed this out on Twitter. How much more effective would it have been instead of just leaving during the main event if they would have formed a conga line and gone out no way Jose style to exit the arena to protest the main event? Yeah. Don't just leave. Have some flamboyance and show to I think the main event made sense because Roman's there, the top babyface on Raw. Another loss. (sighs) Similar with Joe, it doesn't really hurt him. Yeah. It doesn't. It's just, I want a story. I want to be surprised. There are no stories right now. There are no good stories on Raw or SmackDown. It's just highlighted. Okay, so I mean, not just Cobra Kai, but everything else on TV. Don't you yes, feel like right now, everything else on TV is fantastic? We're in a golden age of TV right now. As and then Monday as, Night Raw. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's repetitive. It's stale. As far as, uh, n- not from a match quality standpoint goes, I think... I think Rollins is on fire and there's a lot more they could be doing with him right now. I think you have Roman as a heel and Rollins as a babyface, and you, it could be something there. They could be like, uh, I mean, that could be WrestleMania depending on if it's done right. If they book yeah. Rollins, right. Uh, I think it could be huge. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to, just to check it out, just to make sure that I'm not crazy. I'm going to watch an episode of that darn camp WWE. And if that is better storytelling than Monday night raw, we've got a serious problem. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think. Well, yeah, let's get into the show. Yes, <laughs> but I didn't think. Uh, I didn't think this episode was bad. It was just there. Uh, yeah, the main event was good. There was some potential. Yeah, but as, as a as a as a what we're talking about, episodic TV show, there's no no good storytelling. It's just there. You, if you missed it and just read up on who who won the qualifying matches, you're good. Yeah. So Braun told the touching story about trying to murder kids that wronged him. Then he got into a match with Kevin Owens to qualify for Money in the Bank. A lot of back and forth. Looked more competitive than your typical Braun match, but ultimately Braun brought Owens into the ring, delivered the running power slam for the win. Commentary pointed out it was Owens' birthday. Um, 
Owens uh, news today. Is that legit from an interview? He just signed a five-year renewal with the WWE. Uh, yeah, that's what he, that's what he says. So yeah, I mean, they've been re-signing a lot of their, uh, top guys. So makes sense. Makes sense. It looks like, so Google Hangouts has changed a lot, you know, they're changing to Google meets and I guess Matt got rid of the app and reinstalled it and it's giving him some problems. So he's likely not going to be on tonight, but, uh, he'll be on Wednesday. I won't be on this Wednesday. Justin will be replacing me. I'm going to be traveling that day, but, uh, we're just gonna play it in kayfabe, like we're keeping you two separate for the time being. Yeah, yeah, all right. Just to build anticipation. <laughs> um, no, he will be missed. He was he was on fire last night. Uh, definitely some good good stuff there. Encourage everyone, even if you skipped backlash, watch the podcast from last night as well. Um, so yeah, Braun won that match. Braun is going to Money in the Bank. I, he, you know, great example. Braun's a guy that does not need to win Money in the Bank. Um, I'm curious how they're gonna book the match. If indeed he doesn't win, how they explain that? Because he doesn't really lose a lot. Yeah, but he can lose a match like that. It's like losing a Royal Rumble, right? Or the yeah. Battle Royal. He, uh, I mean, he won the greatest one, but the the January one. Um, yes. So yeah, I mean, they could do it. He's outside the ring killing everybody, and someone runs in and sneaks in, you know, and gets the gets the briefcase. I don't see Braun winning it. No, if he wins the briefcase, I think it's going to be like the Nicholas at WrestleMania thing. I think it's going to be a very short-lived, like huge pop, gigantic moment, but over very quick. I mean, they could do, if Lesnar does have a title defense at Money in the Bank, they could have Braun winning it, you know, Money in the Bank, and then cashing in that night on Lesnar. I mean, they've done the same night cash-ins before with like Dean Ambrose and, and Kane in the past, but... Yeah, you know, you with do, Ambrose, uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, if you did Lesnar versus somebody, I wouldn't do Reigns again. I think uh, unless Reigns is winning the title, there's no point in doing it. If that happens where Reigns is winning the title and then Braun cashes in and wins the championship, I take back every bad thing I said about WWE storytelling. <laughs> like if that's the big swerve, then it's like, oh, Roman's finally going to happen. Then nope, it's Braun. Boom. <laughs> uh, that will redeem at least six months of the shit we've had to put up with. I, you know what? I don't think they want Braun winning the title. Yeah. I think they want, I think they see Braun as like an Andre the Giant Undertaker attraction where he doesn't need the belt uh, and it doesn't help him any, even though I don't necessarily agree with that. But uh, the, from what I heard, that's what some people think that, that the belt does nothing for him. You keep him as a special attraction, this monster. And because having the belt kind of books you into a corner a little ways, because then you do have to, you know, give people offense and, and have them get beat. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Um, random match followed that after some promos for Money in the Bank qualifiers. We had Gold Dust. Real we quick had, with yeah. Owens and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Owens and Strowman. Strowman hitting those shoulder tackles on the outside, beating Owens clean. Owens hasn't won a match on TV uh, since he beat Dolph Ziggler on an episode of SmackDown in February. Wow. And he's really the top heel on Raw. So I mean, this was I thought this was a really good match. I thought it was one of better uh, Strowman's better matches, but um. I feel I, I don't like how they just keep crushing KO and, and you know, and Sami Zayn. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they make them feel more and more like mid carters every week. Oh, they've successfully done that. I mean, that's why it's funny reading the news. The WWE re-signs Owens to this large deal. And it's kind of like, and this is what you're doing with this. You know, mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah. I mean, but the whole thing right now, this is the reason why the Brock situation, I think, diminishes what's even possible on Raw. Because we've got the biggest title and the company isn't even in contention on a semi-regular basis. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah. So, 
man. So we got a lot of people that want qualifying matches. Everyone, Zack Ryder, Gold Dust. Um, we had Brazongo the Ascension alluding to something again. You said, you know, there's going to be a third briefcase, but maybe cruiserweight, maybe tag team. I'm sure we'll learn more in the coming weeks. Um, Bailey cutting a mat, uh, promo about wanting to qualify for the female money in the bank. And then we get No Way Jose, Apollo Crews, and Titus O'Neil versus Baron Corbin in the Revival. So this is now two nights back-to-back, uh, Titus Worldwide, part of the No Way Jose conga line. Um, this was a very random match that I'm not sure what it really accomplished, aside from filling time on TV. It's a, it's a way to remind you that Ho- No Way Jose is not going anywhere. Uh, yeah. They beat him. This was his second match since he's uh, been on the main roster. Yeah, maybe his fourth appearance. Yeah, fourth appearance, second match. Uh, beat clean, Baron Corbin. And, uh, there's really not much to say here. Matt apologizes for not being able to uh, get on tonight, and uh, I'm going to work with him tomorrow to get it fixed, so he will be on Wednesday. Oh, I also got a text from Matt Morgan. Uh, <laughs> he wanted me to point out to everyone that even though he's not here, I make very good points. And once you pay, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> random text from Matt Morgan throughout the show. Uh, yeah, this match. Uh, so Baron Corbin in the revival one. Corbin hit end of days on No Way Jose. Yeah, that's a battle. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch really... Ride Along with Titus Worldwide and uh, Team Little Big, the one from last week? No, I don't, I don't. I don't really watch Ride Along that often. Really. It's too man. I got two little kids, a dog. I gotta have you know. Don't you have shows you just put on when you're like cooking or just doing some random stuff? I mean, (laughs) Uh, for me, that's a lot of the WWE, the non-core programming, like the stuff we don't cover. I just feel like it would help me just to be aware of it, but I don't need to pay close attention. Yeah. But no, I thought uh, Titus Worldwide came across very well on uh, Ride Along. I'm rooting for them now, just to kind of work out and get more over beyond this Titus world slide thing. I think Titus has, uh, I think he's just been in that spot for too long uh, where it kind of drags down whoever's put him in with him. And I yeah. think uh, Apollo has a ton of potential and he needs to be taken out, you know, may get rid of no way Jose's gimmick, have him do something else and team with Apollo or someone else. And uh, cause this is, this is going nowhere and I feel bad for Apollo. Yeah. Money in the Bank qualifying triple threat, Sasha Banks versus Ruby Riot versus Ember Moon. I was wrong, folks. I predicted on Twitter. I thought Sasha had this on lock. It was going to be Sasha and Bailey in the women's Money in the Bank representing Raw, but I was thrilled to be surprised with Ember Moon picking up the win here. Yeah, I mean, I figured, I actually figured it'd be Ember Moon or Ruby Riot. Um, I, I almost didn't think Ruby Riot just because it looks like she's going to be in the title picture anyway without oh. this. Uh, just, just by default, they have no other top heels. Alexa bliss is injured. Um, so, uh, yeah, it makes sense. They're not, they're clearly not giving Sasha and Bailey any wins in this feud. Uh, so yeah, this, and then, uh, Bailey coming out, this, this feud just sucks. I just get to it. Um, get yeah. it over. I, I I'm fine now at this point, if they just completely forget about it, because it. it's gotten, it's so lame my theory and we'll see what happens tomorrow night but if they keep all of the women teams or pairings out of this right i think it's because they're going to start laying the groundwork at money in the bank for women's tag division to launch at SummerSlam, which will mean no iconics no what's left of absolution 
no riot squad. They'll try and keep them out of the money in the bank match to try and build the women's tag division. I don't see it, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, they still haven't introduced the cruiserweight tag division. They've been working on that for a while. So um, you need a lot more talent. I mean, you just think about how many women they have and you need women in the singles division and then also a tag division again. Then what do you do? Do you have a tag division on Raw and SmackDown? I'm not saying I never see it. I just don't see it happening uh, anytime. I don't see it happening this summer. We're very fortunate to get even two women's segments each week. And I do not think being in a women's tag team precludes you from singles matches because look at what they do with the men's well, tag look, teams. Not all these women's segments are good either. So true. just saying you need to have two and they're not any good. I'm not saying there's a minimum, but I'm saying that <laughs> More often than not, I'll put your average women's segment against an average men's segment any day of the week. Men's segment, because there's more, has much more varying levels of quality. Yeah. Um, But how often do we talk about this? With the tag feuds, they do all these one-on-one matches as part of tag feuds anyhow. So I don't think it's not like we're going to get less women's single matches if there's a tag division. Yeah, I prefer just more um, more focus on the women's storylines than the number of segments. Yes, I, I think to do that, you do need to have more segments, but I just feel like they've been they're on... They've been on cruise control with storylines for the women's division forever. And the Nia the Alexa, division as well. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nia is the closest thing that they've had to a good a good storyline. Absolutely. And and it's been, I think, very good. Um, so yeah, in this match, Bailey came in to try and help Sasha take on the Riot Squad. Riot Squad got into it with Bailey. Um, Sasha, the distraction with that, her getting into it with Ruby Riot, ended up allowing Ember to get the upper hand, hitting the eclipse from the top, and then covered a Ruby Riot for the win and the spot of money in the bank. So Ember Moon, man, and a little punny with her uh, post match promo there. You like that? <laughs> I mean, it's just funny once I realized she was doing it. You know, it's, the it's over the moon stuff. Ah, I don't know. It sounded way too scripted. She could me. be the, the Becky Lynch of Raw. Hopefully they don't bury her as well. Yeah. Uh, this that promo did not it just sounded way overly scripted i'm a big ember moon fan but uh the uh the stuff they gave her wasn't the best yeah ember though man she looks like a star i mean oh yeah tonight i thought she was fantastic so uh and this match was i thought this match was really good absolutely no this was a definite standout of tonight's show um after that yeah we got the (laughs) The package on Bobby Lashley, man. What we've been waiting for. Explaining to everyone who hasn't been paying attention uh, or wasn't paying attention during his last WWE run. Explaining his background. Why he's a badass. Everything he's done. You know, uh, competing even in military athletics. um, Collegiate athletics. And his career in the WWE, which led to a sit-down interview. Now, yeah, man, that that recap thing was just the part where there's like, and he headlined WrestleMania. (laughs) And just, and he won the ECW championship. I mean, very quick. And that's the reason why, I mean, it's no secret why they left that off. We've talked about it before. It's because he represented team Donald Trump at WrestleMania. I mean, the WWE isn't touching that at all. Uh, But I don't see why they couldn't show a picture of like him standing with Steve Austin or something. Just, uh, I mean, it's there. It's an, I mean, I, I get why they're doing it, but uh, they're treating it like Chris Benoit was part of that match. <laughs> you know? um, I don't know what would be more controversial at this point, to be honest, with their audience. Yeah, well, I mean, you have a McMahon in the Trump administration. That's true. So, so um, but no, I mean, I get it. I get why they're doing it. I, I know why they, 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 have, they haven't mentioned Trump on TV, I don't think, since he's won the election. He's a Hall of Famer, so... 
Um, yeah, there's nothing to be gained from them doing that. It's yeah. too, too controversial. Regardless of what you think, it's too controversial for the WWE to do that. Um, so I thought the video package was good. Definitely showed he's a force to be reckoned with. But then they went to that sit-down interview, smiling, telling uh, stories about growing up with sisters. Yeah. You know, when we've been talking about doing a video package and some interviews on him, that's not what I had in mind. <laughs> talking about like being like, talking about how his career uh, was, uh, he left WWE early and he has a lot left to go and everyone's on notice and he's coming after everyone and no one can touch him. That's what I was expecting. Not, he just, you know, laundry and feeding laundry to bolt, you know. <laughs> and he gave shout outs to his sisters at the end of the interview. Oh my gosh. It seemed like, you know what it seemed like? Uh -huh. I, I put this on Twitter. It, it, it was almost like he was being uh, like a Bo Dallas heel. Like when Bo Dallas oh. first came on with the over the top, you know, you can do it and believe. That's how over the top corny this thing was. That it almost, and I don't, I'm sure it wasn't a heel turn, but it definitely felt like that way. See, that my wife, so cheesy. first thing she said when he's telling the story and he's smiling, she's like, oh, this guy's adorable. And it's like, that is not the reaction the <laughs> WWE wanted to get out of this segment. And it's not, and I think that's just why people are, are knocking it because I think in our heads, we've seen, well, we all have this idea of what Bobby could be in the WWE and it wasn't this. And, and look, if you want to do that, if you wanted to have him talking about his family and sisters, that's fine, but also include some other stuff, you know, also include some you know some of the badass stuff some of the you know the mma fights he's won some of the you know uh, this i i know they don't want to mention tna but uh just something something tough <laughs> you know so i just read the quote in chat yeah i want to shout out my sister tied me and left me in the woods <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's just parts of the personality. I mean, you know, I get some crap on this podcast because I'm, I'm I'm pretty open. I reveal a lot about myself. But if I was playing a character in a wrestling promotion, trying to present myself as a formidable competitor, I'm not talking about Richard Marks. I'm not talking about Hamilton. I'm not talking <laughs> about Karate Kid. There's a lot of stuff that like I'll save that for later in the career, you know, after I've done what I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a cool interview, but I just don't think that's the angle they're pushing in you know that sort of character that's what they should be doing yeah and uh yeah wwe mentioned his mma career but they didn't uh he didn't mention it and i think he needs to mix it be the the family loving guy who had the you know the father with the military the uh yeah. marines drill, drill instructor. Drill, yeah um so you know uh legit cool background and uh but mix it with with wrestling and what you're I'll doing say this here. though if in the build up to the next pay-per-view, Brock Lesnar gives an interview like that and starts talking. Talking about his cats or. Oh, <laughs> people's heads will explode, but that yeah. would be, I think that'd be awesome at this point. Yeah. Cause at first, it, it, you know, do you remember when mankind uh, Mick Foley first really got over? Yeah. It was uh, those interviews he did with Michael Cole and uh, it, you know, it ended it with him putting the mandible claw on Jim Ross. I, I'm sorry, it wasn't with Michael Cole, it was Jim Ross. Mm -hmm. They put the mandible claw on Jim Ross, and that, that's kind of what you need. You need uh, you need more in character, not just this fluffy, happy-go-lucky guy who loves his sisters. Yeah, I mean, he was a great personality. Came across as a great guy for everything except a top guy in the WWE that people aren't 
fully invested in yet. You know, it's like if Braun gave a promo uh, interview like that now, I, when I don't think he would go that far. But even Braun, the cutesy stuff. I mean, you've been critical of that. Matt's been critical of that. You know, I like it, but with Braun, they've even kind of reined it in. Yeah, except for the apple tree or the treehouse. <laughs> what that that was a monstrous story. They wouldn't let him in the treehouse, so he knocked it down with the children inside of it. Yeah. What was cute about that? <laughs> and Braun's a face. We've determined that now. Yeah. Oh, he's been, yeah, he's been a, yeah. Yes, I know. Um, a baby face yeah. who may have murdered some children as a child. <laughs> At least they, they were definitely injured. Yes, the very least. Um, okay, so... Sami Zayn backstage with Kevin Owens. Uh, I predicted this last night. They're not breaking up. They're just treating it as, oh, they have a very dysfunctional relationship. Which they've kind of been doing for the last, like, two months now anyway. Like, they were doing that on SmackDown. They were doing it before uh, whatever the February-March pay-per-view was, the SmackDown one, where they were yep. both in the main event. Um, I mean, it's not doing anything for me because I feel like they've been doing it forever. But uh, I like Sammy and Kevin, and I feel like any segment they're in is pretty entertaining. So... It wasn't a bad point. I hope they're not turning Kevin Owens' baby face um, just because Raw has too many anyways. So Yeah. And he's a great heel. Yeah, he's uh, awesome. And Sammy is too. Yeah. Jinder Mahal versus Chad Gable. Almost a squash. Yeah. A little competitive. Yeah. That's Chad got some offense in. Yeah, a little, but it was it was very clean, and Jinder kind of destroyed him afterwards too. It's kind of yeah. like they were undoing, you know, the upset win a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, when yeah. Gable uh, beat him, which that was a cool match. I mean, with this, uh, Jinder, of course, big boot then the Coloss and got the win. So this makes sense based on what you're saying. I mean, if it's going to be Jinder versus Roman, yeah, just a chance to rebuild Jinder up. It's all been for this, folks. They've just been built this whole year. The IWC's feud of the year. The, the build of Jinder <laughs> Mahal has been to feed him to Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, so someone's asking about the Authors of Pain. That's good timing. Because oh, during yeah. that Bobby Lashley interview, the Authors of Pain did a squash match. So the people at the arena saw the Authors of Pain squash uh, a local tag team. <laughs> it's good that they're starting to do that. That they're realizing some segments are just death in front of a live crowd. Yeah, and with Raw as long as it is, you don't want people just sitting on their hands for an interview segment that long. So it, it yeah. was good. Yeah. Um, okay, after that, backstage video recorded by Alexa Bliss. So she was cutting a Money in the Bank promo, still attacking Nia, calling her a bully, uh, referencing, again, the Be A Star movement, two nights in a row now they're bringing that into this, um, the real-life anti-bullying efforts by the WWE. And, uh, but saying that she wants to be a women's champ again and be a champion that little girls can look up to. Mm -hmm. There's a joke there. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I don't think Alexa can even be in a part of this. Uh, well, we'll just have to see how serious that injury is. Yeah. So what happened exactly? WWE released a statement last night. Of course, people immediately went, oh, it's part of a storyline, but it's her shoulder. She messed up. Right? Yeah, it's legit. Um, but I don't think I don't think she's been checked out yet. So, yeah, we just got to wait on that. Yeah. So it could happen. I mean, she'll probably be in the last qualifying match uh, for this. Yeah, we got six weeks to go. So there's a lot of time. A lot of time. WWE I mean, time. That's years. Yeah. Next week is going to be total filler because the UK tour. They're going to they're going to the they're going to the European tour this week, 
And so usually it's just dead for that, you know, week and a half, two weeks. So, uh, and raw from the UK is always usually not much happening. It's a live crowd, but since it's taped earlier in the day, they usually don't like to do too many surprises or anything big. Yeah. So avoid the internet next Monday and Tuesday afternoon, folks. Yeah. If you don't want to be spoiled, don't, don't go on the site because we do post the live results on the site. Well, you could go on the site. Just don't click on that, that one article. (laughs) Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler versus Rhino and Heath Slater. Now McIntyre and Ziggler introduced and referenced multiple times as a tag team. Um, I believe they didn't reference Owen and Zayn as one, but I mean, they called them a pairing. So it feels like the tag team now is a great opportunity to really uh, reestablish that after the superstar shakeup. I feel like uh, it's pretty open playing field at this point. McIntyre and Ziggler tonight, I thought looked really good. What did you think of their match versus Rhino and Slater? I thought they looked great. I think it's, I, you know what? Heath, uh, I'm sorry, Heath, um, Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy that, I don't know. They're doing nothing for me. I don't know about you. I think you should get the titles on these guys as soon as possible. Um, yeah. 3MB chance tonight. Were they really? I miss that. Oh, yes. Yeah. They, uh, I think Drew, I mean, I've said it before. Drew's a superstar. He's a, he's a world champion in the making if he doesn't get injured and, uh, and you know, they, they don't lose faith in him. I think he's a superstar in the making. I just don't want them to do the same thing. It was, you know, the problem with the, the Enzo and Cass matches all those years where, you know, Dolph takes the beating and then it's about the hot tag to the big guy. Right. But they're a heel team also. So usually they, you know, they don't, you know, they, he wouldn't play uh, Ricky Morton. Yeah. I think Ricky Morton or Robert Gibson, man, (laughs) forgetting which one, (laughs) but anyway, um, yeah, they're a heel team. I think, uh, I I think they add a lot. I think they're, uh, I think they're money. It was good. So they won that match tonight. Drew headbutted Rhino off the apron. Ziggler tagged in, hit the zigzag Claymore combo finisher with uh, Drew. They picked up the win. Um, yeah, it was a good match. Elias came out, did his thing tonight, bagging on Billy Joel after last night uh, tearing into Bruce Springsteen a little. Well, not tearing tearing into New Jersey via Bruce Springsteen, um, his supposed friendship. Did you watch the after show last night, the Backlash post show? No, not yet. Closest thing to Talking Smack since Talking Smack's been off the air. Oh, yeah? Elias was really good. Carmelo was really good. The Miz was really good. Um, even Rosenberg was was bearable for this last night. All right. I will check that out. Yeah. So Elias came out, did the thing, pretended to get a call from Bruce, and he had to go uh, last night. But yeah, tonight he's out there uh, doing that, bagging on Billy Joel, and then, of course, interrupted by Bobby Roode. Um, they go on to have the match. Oh, notable, though, before that, fans were chanting Rusev Day, and Elias acknowledged it and said, Rusev Day has nothing on me. I think this is the first time Shane McMahon did in that one segment a couple months ago, but this is the first time another wrestler has acknowledged or shot down those specific chants. Yeah. Well, Elias has some freedom with this promos. You could tell like he, he kind of goes with the crowd and it's not just completely going, you know, uh, just reading along with the script. So yeah, he, he, uh, he ad libs and I think that's what makes his promo. So, you know, so entertaining. Absolutely. So what did you think of the match with him and Bobby? Yeah. Elias, yeah, his match is just, uh, I don't know what it is. There's just something missing once it starts. And and when they go long and, and Rude is just not there as a baby face. And you, you kind of felt that Rude was going to win this because Elias won the last two. 
yeah. I'm guessing this keeps going. I don't know. This feud does nothing for me. I think it's hurting both guys in a way. Yeah, it was back and forth till Rude, of course, hit the glorious DDT. And uh, Rude covered him for the win. Man. Uh, these guys, Elias is a star. It's amazing, though, to have, again, they get this every once in a while. They get the guy. And it's not that he can't wrestle. Absolute star with everything he does except his ring work. And I just think that they haven't given him the right feud yet. Yeah, he needs to be in with like a, a Daniel Bryan or an AJ or someone he could learn with, like that he can really improve his in-ring skills. Because once he gets that, he's money. I mean, he's a superstar. I and mean, he's yeah. already there personality-wise. Fans already love him. He has a hard time getting them to boo him. So if he could just get, you know, work with some guys that uh, that are really good in the ring. And the problem is right now on the baby face side, there's not that many guys like that that you can just kind of put him in with um, on, on Raw. Uh, because everyone's kind of tied up in their own feud. So, uh, yeah. Well, the other sister, Bobby Lashley, I think. Right. Top babyface material to feud yeah. with. Oh, man. Uh, you know, Elias and Braun was really good, but I feel like that ran its course very quickly. Yeah, and it's tough, too, because you can't do too much to Braun because of that aura that they're trying to give him. They're trying to give him that monster that, you know, you don't leave him laying. Yeah. So there's only so much you can do in a feud with Braun uh, unless it's a it's a, it's a a guy like Roman who could could beat him. But with Elias, you knew he was never going to beat him. So there, you were limited. Yeah. Uh, so Seth Rollins comes out, cuts a promo. Seth, hottest superstar on the roster right now. Um, biggest pop, the burn it down chance his match last night he's feel, peaking yes yeah i felt like um he's been a step off uh since he returned uh that wrestlemania where he faced triple h or you know from his knee injury actually before that and now it's really coming all back together and he's really at the top of his game i think he's the best now that he's been and um yeah striking when the iron's hot we say it all the time and i think you know, Seth, it's hot. I don't think you put him, you know, give him the world title right now, but I think you start positioning him to go in that direction. It's kind of like Sean uh, with Sean Michaels uh, after his match with Diesel and the fans were really going with Sean. You don't, you didn't have Sean just beat Diesel at the next pay-per-view. Uh, you kind of did that year long build, but you're putting Sean more and more as the focus and really, you know, positioning him as that top guy. So when he finally gets there, uh, he's built in. It's not a sudden thing and the fans buy it. I think they should do that with Seth, and and they might be. Just see all the fan booking on Twitter. Everybody wants Seth to beat Brock, and then Roman to cash in on Seth. <laughs> um, I mean that would be that would be a cool heel move. I mean that would be a cool thing. Um, to be deeper storytelling than the WWE is capable of. Hey, it would be. Yeah. It yeah, it has a lot of layers to it. With the Rollins having cashed in on him. Uh, and if you had Roman be a heel, it, again, I think a, a Roman Seth feud could be hot with, with Roman as a heel. Yeah. So open challenge from Seth Rollins tonight. And who comes out to accept it? Mojo Raleigh. Hmm. This match did not start well with the crowd chanting for Zack Ryder. And the announcers were quick to point out that they're only chanting for Zack Ryder because they're in Long Island. Like, yeah. Um, and then pointing out later that they were, in fact, a tag team on SmackDown. Yeah. Second half of this match. Now, I good? think. Yeah, I thought it got. I thought this is a, first off, 
this is the longest match Mojo's ever had. It's also the best match. Right, he's the ever best had. match he's had. Yeah. That second half was really, really good. Um, I, I liked his offense. I liked the back and forth. Even thought for a moment, I was like, they wouldn't do something crazy, like have Mojo win, would they? Yeah, like, it, got you, it got you guessing. Yeah. My only, the only bad part is just with how Mojo has been positioned for the last two years um, to be getting this much offense in on Seth, who is a top guy. Um, eh. I never like when someone goes from being lower card to having a close competitive match with a main event guy, unless it's a long-term thing, unless you're really purposely taking to the taking them to the next level, as opposed to just a throwaway match on a, on a TV show. Um, And I get the feeling that they don't have big plans for Mojo. So, uh, you know, again, it's nitpicking. It was a good match, but I'm just not, I just think a top guy, shouldn't be giving that much to someone that's not that hasn't been near that level. If he'd had this match a month out of from Mania and his win with the Andre last year, like yeah. oh my god. He, yeah, exactly. Much if he had position. a little steam and you did this, that's that's one thing. You could it could definitely uh boost him. Yeah. Now some people were joking on Twitter that uh Seth Rollins had Mojo Raleigh's best match. <laughs> Seth <laughs> carried him to it, but oh, uh for sure. But yeah. Mojo's not bad either. I mean, he, he if you put him in the right situation, he can go. Um, he just hasn't just hasn't had those real opportunities. He's got a good look. He's got the confidence. He carries himself well. He's just not been given a. St- he, I was going to say he's not been given a good storyline. He's not even really been given a storyline. Right, the um, Zack Ryder thing. They, like they break up and then they're not on TV the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, it was that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, look, I've I've ever since uh, Breaking Ground. That's when I turned the corner on Mojo Raleigh. Uh, I think if they give him something to follow this up, he has a lot of potential. But he can cut a good promo too. So. Yeah, yeah. But knowing the WWE, <laughs> I'm not not holding out too much hope. There's something missing. I don't because I, I think he's got a good look. I think he's got the good promos, but the, with the music and and his outfit and his mannerisms, he needs to fix that. You know, I think you should go back to the Zubas. Oh, God, no. <laughs> the Zubas spell uh, pre-show. Let me uh, ask you this. Have you ever worn Zubas, Raj? Hey, I, I remember. You remember Coco Beware and Owen Hart? <laughs> <laughs> I ordered a pair of Zubas after yeah. seeing what Mojo Raleigh wearing Zubas. So my first thing was, they still make Zubas? Went mm-hmm. to the website, ordered two pairs. It's like, these are the most comfortable pants I've ever worn. You're at the office. It's like, Francis, someone ordered, someone ordered the <laughs> pants. We're back in business. Ladies getting up sewing them. <laughs> hey, if you want zebra Their order print sheet, pants. It's Mojo Raleigh, Mojo Raleigh, Glenn Rubenstein. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want zebra print pants and like a hot pink zebra print, Zubas is the only game in town. Yeah. <laughs> At least maybe for men for, for those style of pants. Um, so yeah. So Mojo, you did good this week. Let's see what happens uh, going forward. Oh, I was excited for this tonight. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel versus Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt. Of course, Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt, brothers in real life. Uh, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel teasing. Okay, no longer the Miztourage, but they're not going to announce a new name yet. They had matching jackets. I thought this match was either going to maybe give them a little more offense and momentum, or at very least I was hoping for a cute spot between Bo and Bray because we don't really see them in matches against each other. But what, what did you think of this? Were you, did, were you having the same thought? Like you thought at the very least, this will have a nice meta sort of 
fun element? No, I mean, they've been positioned in that way for so long that you just figured it was going to be a quick, quick match where they get beat. Um, I mean, they're kind of the Brizango of Raw right now, right? Where they'll get some... Brizango's the Brizango of Raw now. Well, have they had a match yet? Or they they had one? Yeah, their debut match, they won. Didn't they beat, like, the Revival? Yeah, uh, they beat somebody, but they haven't really been used since. Yeah. Um, But you know what I mean, like, they... They got personality. Uh, they're entertaining, so they'll give them some TV time. But ultimately, they're they're in this spot. Yeah. Closest thing we got to a cute moment was Michael Cole saying, "No brotherly love" after Bray uh, kicked Bo Dallas in the face. <laughs> yeah. But the deleter of worlds. <laughs> I miss that. Match. That's yeah. I miss that. Yeah. That's pretty good. Was that the um, was that the first time they faced off on the main roster? First time. I think they wrestled time. in NXT. Yeah. What a different world that was where Bo was the champ. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, how times change. Speaking of which, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I tweeted this, but during the uh, triple threat tonight, it was like, oh, in an alternate universe, Finn Balor and Sami Zayn are top guys in championship material, and that alternate universe is NXT. You know what I think would be best for Bo Dallas and, and Curtis Axel would be going back to NXT and coming up with some sort of new gimmick, new character, new team name, debut it there get some steam, then come back to the main roster. I think they would end up there and be jobbing out to the Undisputed Era within probably within three weeks, probably their first match. You never know. Well, it could be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And have you been uh, keeping up with NXT Weekly again? I haven't watched the last uh, couple episodes, but I do it's keep pretty, up with it. It's really hot again, man. Really, really. Uh, they got they got their mocho back. No pun intended. Well, you got Ricochet, a Velveteen Dream is firing on all cylinders. Um, I mean, they're EC3. I mean, they're they're stacked. They're stacked Which is again. Weird that Undisputed Era is so dominant there because I think they're. I'm not saying they're boring, but I think they're the least interesting guys on the roster. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like Adam Cole. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I, I see what you, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, uh, embarrassment of riches again, which is when NXT is at its best. So the second Money in the Bank qualifying triple threat or qualifying match, it was a triple threat tonight. The first one was a one-on-one. The triple threat was Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn. So Roman Reigns got chased out of the ring and Finn and Sami had a lot of one-on-one time here before it went back to being a three-way. What did you think of this match as the way they ended Raw tonight? I thought it was great. I thought uh, Finn Balor won. You, you don't... Roman... It doesn't make sense in the Money in the Bank match with where you usually put guys that aren't already at the top in these matches. I mean, there they, they have been exceptions in the past. John Cena won it once. Um, but in general, the fact that there's one men's Money in the Bank match, uh, yeah, I think you just you just want to mix up the, the talent in there, and I think Finn was the right way to go. I don't think Roman's going to be in that match. You know, uh, I think he's facing either Jinder or Brock. Um, and yeah, I thought the, I thought this match was great. I thought Sammy was awesome. I, I love the stuff with him and Finn. I thought Roman was really good in this match. You know, uh, you know, we've said it before, you know, Roman gets a lot of hate. I almost feel like I defend him more than I should because he does get so much hate that I feel like I got to point out that he actually is really good in the ring. Uh, as for, especially for a guy, his size. I'm going to go as far as to say 90% of the Roman hate 
is really based on how he's booked. Yeah. And tonight was a good example. Look how Michael Cole kept putting him over tonight. After the beating he took last night, most superstar, but Roman Reigns <laughs> out there. So, I mean, it's just like he's sitting there just constantly finding a way to put Roman over and make him look strong. The way they book him, the way they comment, even Superman Punch, he had the win. He was going for the final move, and then no, Jinder Mahal cost him. Um, it's not Roman's in-ring ability. It's not his look. Maybe it's a little bit his promos. Could be. I think I don't think people would hate him for his promos if it weren't for how he was booked and pushed, for yeah. sure. Yeah. But so so in your estimation, Roman's still the guy. He's still the guy that's gonna beat Brock and be the top guy of the company going forward. No, I don't know. I, yeah. I think um I think the fact that he didn't win at Mania, it opens up a lot of possibilities. I think Look, you know, before before this past month, I, I didn't think he was going to be turning heel anytime soon. I didn't think it was a possibility anytime soon. Now I do. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I could see it happening. I honestly think of all the guys right now that I could see uh, as the guy, and I think the company starting to see it, is Seth. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a role for Roman at the top, too. So I don't think Roman's the top babyface. Maybe he could be down the road if he's this healed and people all of a sudden think it's the cool thing to cheer Roman. And uh, I could I could easily see see that happening. But for right now, I think Seth is the guy. I think Roman can be a top heel, the top heel. And uh, that's the way I'd do it. Yeah. But I think with Seth, I don't know. I mean, we still got – so Brock isn't going to be on next week's show. So if he is coming back, it would be the week after that. So that's towards the end of this month. So they wouldn't start building towards the Universal title match until then. Um, but I think uh, I think Seth makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Tonight, man, Finn and Sammy together against Roman. That was just great. Like, part of me was like, man, I would love to see Finn teaming with Sammy. Um, there, were, there was something there especially because they have similar sort of size and stature uh, moveset. But uh, yeah, I thought that was, everyone looked really good tonight. Um, I'm glad that Finn won. I think he desperately needs something to uh, elevate his status in the way he's booked and being a money in the bank, a ladder match seems perfect for him. Yeah. Finn is in that. It's almost like four steps forward, five steps back, <laughs> you know, yeah. like he, he'll, he'll get a little momentum. Then it's gone within a couple of weeks and then a little bit, then it's gone. He's talented as hell, but it's clear. They don't see him as a top guy um, as, as a main event, main event guy. Like they could see him in the intercontinental level over there, but not a, in the world title mix. Yeah. But it's really look, good. Yeah. Look at tonight. Roman uh, had it ready to go. Spear Superman punch. And then no Jinder Mahal out of nowhere, pulls him back against the ring post. Balor goes up on top hit the coup de gras on Sammy and got the pin and earned his way towards money in the bank. So Sammy and Kevin, I mean, if they don't put them in the tag division, I'm assuming a breakup will happen and maybe they'll be in a singles feud together again, but it's been a while now. I mean, it's going to be kind of novel to have another run of one-on-one -on -one matches between them. Yeah. I can't see them turning Sammy back babyface since he was a, a babyface not so long ago. He had pretty much just turned heel in what October. Yeah. So if they did something like that, uh, it would it would be Owen Owens, you know, turning, and it would be a different dynamic for sure. Yeah. So all in all, see when we talk about it this way, I'm kind of like, okay, Raw was pretty all right tonight. It was pretty good, but watching it, man, those lulls really low. Yeah, it just felt very uneventful. 
even though you had money in the bank qualifying matches it just felt like story there was nothing you had to go see there were good matches uh it wasn't a bad show at all i i, I would say it was a solid c plus b minus um it just there was just nothing you know we talk about like a, a good tv show yeah and you have sometimes you have those episodes where nothing happens, but that happens on Raw a lot. <laughs> you know? Come on, halfway through you weren't thinking I got three episodes of Cobra Kai left. Right. Like, why am I watching Raw? <laughs> you know, it's gonna knock yeah. this out. Um, yeah, that was there, but it was fine. <laughs> yeah. So tomorrow night, SmackDown, we're gonna have more qualifying matches. Daniel Bryan versus Rusev for Money in the Bank. Charlotte versus uh, one of the Iconics. They're uh, they're putting Daniel Bryan into the fire, you know, like he's working. Oh, yeah. So he's going to be working all the house shows on SmackDown. I had uh, posted something about that on Friday on Wrestling Inc. Um, but yeah, he's booked for all the house shows, except for they got a, a live event in Taiwan and Tokyo in late June, early July. So yeah. other than those, he's he's booked for all the house shows. So he's full time, full time schedule. Um, and yeah, he's now he's he's probably going to be in this money in the bank match. Yeah. Probably with big cast as well. Oof. Yeah, man, that match sucked. <laughs> last night, so I don't know if you listened to any of our talk last I night. Did. Yes, yes. I did. Big cast. Uh, that was something. Not looking good. Not when you looking can't have good. a good match with Daniel Bryan. I mean, they didn't have much time, but uh, that was not good. Yeah. Well, we'll see. So, uh, the, yeah, they're going to uh, Japan, but they're not doing Hawaii this year. I thought it was interesting. I read on. Yeah, I think they are doing Taiwan instead. Yeah, and interesting. So, just with the timing with that. Yeah, sorry, Hawaii. You don't get your one WWE house show a year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Uh, cool, man. So what else do we got coming up? Any other stories? Anything we didn't cover? Is there anything? I feel like there's something other newsworthy. Man, that's lull. I'm trying to find news. There's not really, <laughs> it's not really much. Booker T is going to be on Raw next week. That's right. Um, oh, Coachman tonight. Dear God. Oh man, he sounds like a guest commentator. Like he's a guest commentator that's from some USA Network show that they're like have him on tonight to plug something else. And you know, like he doesn't sound like he's a full time announcer. I don't know, man. Go back to Ryan Phillippe's last appearance on commentary promoting shooter and i think ryan Phillippe was better and said more relevant things than coachman says on a minute for minute basis and he's getting worse i thought he wasn't bad at first but now you know when booker replaced him out one week i'm like jesus booker's better than coachman and booker's nuts i mean on the pre-show last night he was i mean sounded barely aware of what was going on um i can't remember the exact example but he was referring to some people by other people's nicknames um, and whatnot, but it was, at least it was entertaining. At least it felt it added something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh man. Uh, cool. Well, anything else we should, uh, hit here before we I finish? Think, I think that's about it. Yes. I'm holding back on the Cobra Kai talk till you finish Raj All right. the, the past episode 10, but everyone, uh, yeah, Matt last night was, why does YouTube keep promoting that? Well, it's a YouTube show, Matt, yeah, yes, everyone go on YouTube, watch the first two episodes for free. At least if you like the karate kid series, you will dig it. Someone's asking about Jason Jordan. He's coming back soon, uh, probably in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Burke was just backstage at a SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. There's not much more to it. Gotcha. Um, yeah, stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for all the latest news. What do you got coming up this week story-wise? Uh, the rest of my uh, interview with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, 
Nita Strauss. And uh, yeah, we got a couple more interviews in the works. So uh, keep checking it out. Awesome, man. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Of course, live tweet along with Raw, SmackDown, and all the WWE pay-per-views along with the Wrestling Inc. Twitter account. Please follow that as well. And we'll be back here Wednesday, 12 noon Eastern to talk SmackDown Live with Mr. Matt Morgan and Justin Labar. So until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein, and we'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.